This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Valentine's evening with no exciting climax. Hopefully Joe and Craig can satisfy you on this Blue Monday. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Sound since 2015. My name is Mikey Pensy-Smith and this is a live reaction show looking back on Bristol Rovers nil. Ipswich Town nil. Craig Fimbo, there were some tired faces in Suffolk this morning and a couple down in Brightlingsea as well, I gather. Yes, I think it was a <clears throat> a long evening for all concerned. Um, so, yeah, it took me... I had a diversion into Tiptree on the way home. Um, so I think <clears throat> by the time I'd done that and got home, then it'd probably be the same sort of time for everyone else to get back to Ipswich. So, yeah, good. Nearly four and a half hours, four hours, 20 it took and... The, I don't know if the fog was the same all the way up to Ipswich, but um, yeah, it was pretty horrendous for in patches for for most of the journey. Plus, the obviously diverting off the M4 once and the M25 a couple of times. So, got to see plenty of rural Wiltshire, Hertfordshire, Buckinghamshire, Essex, um, and then I think some people got to see the like the Constable Country in Suffolk as well from the uh, A12 diverge. So, yeah, a pretty horrendous evening, all things considered. But you know, a good four hours post-match to digest what you'd seen for the previous 90 minutes indeed and joe fares welcome to the pod you must have been glad you didn't go <laughs> all that way yeah no no it was um way. i wasn't sitting at home turning the tv off decided not even to bother with radio suffolk phone in thinking oh i wish i had a four-hour trek home now before work tomorrow so it was nice just to slope up to bed after that mm. oh. on valentine's <laughs> night joe <laughs> lovely stuff okay so joining us tonight we've got charlie d evening everyone we've got michael warner um from in brisbane in october he said we should book the open top bus last month book your playoff tickets (laughs) now i'm thinking players can start to book their beach holiday early he also (laughs) says ps hope i'm wrong yeah we all hope you're wrong um moscow blue mule evening all from moscow sadly he agrees expecting the worst um MW's here, evening all, Phil, Everson, 
Um, yeah, there's a little bit of negativity bouncing around, but that is completely understandable after last night. But we're surely far too good to miss out on the playoffs, aren't we, Joe? Yeah, like even though, even though we're not playing well at the moment, we're still we're still not losing games, are we? We've only lost four games all season. It's just it's just draws, and we've got a pretty soft run in at home where our home form has held up. What we probably we probably six. I don't know, seven wins away from almost being guaranteed to be in the playoffs. And you'd imagine a team that's lost four games all season isn't going to lose eight of the last 16, are they? You, you're going to, we're going to probably draw more games than we'd want to draw, but we're going to pick up enough points to be in that top six. And for, for balance, Flim Flam says, evening honky tonks. Maybe I'm a hopeless optimist, but I still think we'll be top four. Uh, let's not be glum. Plenty to push for. Yeah, we are. Ultimately, Craig, in a much better position than we have been for years at this stage. Um, but yeah, there's a fair bit of scar tissue and a few <laughs> old wounds opening up, shall we say, at the moment. Yeah, we are currently in a in a better position than we have been. But um, yeah, we just do need to buck the trend a little bit, don't we? Because, you know, recent form, well, not that recent form, really, you know, <clears throat> um, 10, 12 games, whatever it's been, the the curve isn't going upwards should we say and a lot of other people's a lot of other teams curves are going upwards so we just need to to halt that and as joe said pretty much take advantage of of what are on paper relatively simple or more simple home games certainly than the away ones that we've got coming up next month um and just you know just get enough points on the board to at least guarantee us a, a playoff spot and see what happens from there i think you know looking at Everything and looking at league tables and looking at points that we need to gain, it does look like the top two have just disappeared over the horizon, doesn't it? But they just haven't stopped winning, have they? The top two, when we said we needed to win this game, this game, this game, this game to catch up with them. Firstly, we haven't won those games, which is the biggest issue. But secondly, they've won all their games in, in that period as well. So there hasn't been any ground seeded and we're now what, eight and ten points behind them. Well, you're not, you're not going to turn that over in this time because... If we just go on a run from now on, what are we going to get to? 92, 93 points? Well, I, that's not that's not going to be enough, is it? Unless one of those totally collapses and whatever happens, they, they don't seem to be doing that. They seem to be much more resilient and much more able to get the results than us. And I think... And that's sadly, with a run, isn't that? And you say that's with us putting a real decent run in as well. Yeah, even if we put... I, I just think even if we put a brilliant, brilliant run together, I just don't think we're going to get close to them. And it's just... To sh- sad isn't it because we we looked like it was going to be a free horse race but i don't know that it's, it's not a free horse race anymore is it it's it's not even a four or five horse race it's a it's a two horse race for the title for me between those two yeah it's definitely looking that way ashley anton was on the supporters coach he got in at half three he had work at half six productive a, day for ashley i'm sure yeah i did i did think about the supporters coaches but we at least you know for periods of time we could at least uh, is there any traffic police watching? We could at least, you know, go at a decent speed for the bits that were clear. But you think seventy crackly- tops? <laughs> or yeah, the, I, I did. Um, the cruise control edged up to seventy-one in some places. Um, but you think these poor guys on the guys and girls on the um, supporters coaches top speed what fifty odd miles an hour the best of times. But you, if you can't see, you have got all these people. Oh, crazy! And you got mm. stopped. Well, from my experiences on the the Galloway coaches the diversions wouldn't have made that much difference because they have to divert because they're constantly getting lost anyway. But um, <laughs> there we go. Maybe it's improved over the over the last few years. Um, but before we get into last night's debacle in, in a little 
bit more more detail. Uh, just a little bit of news coming out of the club today, and that's that Ben Morris has been released after 16 years with the club, Joe. Um, he's got a move to Detroit, a lovely city. Um, a good striker, but one who didn't quite have the luck required to make it at this level. No, he picked up, picked up injuries at bad times, serious injuries in that as well, where he'd gone away sort of... Remember, he was a player that was away in England under-19 squads, going or England under-17 squads, going to World or European Cups and World Cups at, at that age, which there's not many players at Ipswich who do that. You get, you get your odd call-ups for some friendly games because they want to have a look at people, but when they're actually going to sort of the big tournaments, they are good players, but I say had had some loan spells which didn't quite work out for him. One of them was at Forest Green when we were a couple of divisions above them and he sort of went there and didn't get on there. And then he's come back, looked really sharp, had a bad injury. I, I know he was looking really sharp when the COVID break happened and I think he was pushing to get into the first team at that point, but it just hasn't worked for him, has it, here since since those injuries. But sort of best of luck to him. He's, there's obviously still a player in there, but now at, he's now of an age where he's, I think, 23, is he now, that he needs to be included in the squad list. And frankly, he's just not, not close enough to what we need on that. So it's a good chance for him to get away and make a fresh start in a new country. I'd say I might agree with Kirk when you described Detroit as a lovely city, maybe, yeah, I was, maybe, I was maybe back in the 70s. Quite in the song, Joe. <laughs> Put your hands up for Detroit, a lovely city. Rather I, than, I love this city. Yeah, common misconception. I, I might be wrong. <laughs> Quite is, it, is that a potmaster question I should know? or is it? Yeah, that's one to write down. <laughs> 25 years. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I think that, that song's only maybe 15, 20 years old, Oof. Craig, so maybe a little bit. A little bit too modern. And a one-hit wonder as well, which I know is one of your favourites. Right, let's get into the the Bristol Rovers um, game then. Um, And again, there was quite a few changes to to the starting lineup. Um, No place in the team for for Connor Chaplin. The Dapo was back in. What were the the main talking points for you, Craig, with this team? Um, Probably just another sort of change of personnel up up the top of the pitch, really. Um, Wes Burns kept his place, which may have been a surprise to some because he wasn't particularly great uh, at the weekend uh, against Wednesday. But, yes, yeah, it's just another change of personnel. Ladapo, Aluko and Harness coming in. Um, obviously, Broadhead, I think, had, had cramped up a little bit. So, I think we found post-match that he probably wasn't going to start in any case. But, yeah, Chaplin being dropped to the bench and Hurst, who came in when you thought Ladapo should have played at the weekend, potentially being in form, um, drops to the bench. Um, so, yeah, just good luck, guys, in getting that understanding going between the the, the front um, the front four. Centre midfield can't really change, can it? It is what it is. We've only got two fit central midfielders. Um, obviously, Danassian came in, didn't he, at... Uh, on the right-hand side, so yeah, yeah that, that, that was an interesting call for me. I I felt like it was maybe more of a Harry Clark game. I know that this is maybe with a little bit of hindsight, but I thought maybe Clark is better suited playing against the maybe the weaker teams where he can maraud forward a little bit more. Yeah, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? You 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 sort of pigeonhole Dinesian being as more of the defensively minded of the two, um, but then I suppose you know. He's, got more of an understanding with Burns um yeah. maybe that maybe that's maybe that was the thinking behind it hmm. a- anything that caught your eye Joe any well it was good to see a Luco in the starting yeah it, it, starting did lineup, see, wasn't it does it? seem like in the midweek games that we 
like to change that whole front three and I don't know, we're sort of changing it a lot at the moment and I said there's obviously all good reasons for it, but I think it is something that maybe isn't quite isn't quite working at the moment when Ladapo is is playing well, isn't he? He sort of seems to be coming in scoring goals when he does play and not making a difference off the bench. So it was good it was good to see him back in and I think when you look at the comments from McKenna after the game, sort of spoiler alert, it did seem like I think he was expecting quite a different game than the one that actually played out with and you can see why Luca played in that, but I don't know. He's he's not someone. My my fear when I saw the team was that you see a Luca and Harness behind the striker, and neither of them get up and support the striker really. And they're not they're not sort of high volume shot players, are they? Where like Chaplin is and Broadhead is, they're both players that want to get shots off all the time. Yeah. Do you feel like there maybe needs to be one of Chaplin and Broadhead in that front three? I think forward, so. I think just, you, I just think you need a second. Threat. You need a second striker, and if you, if you're not going to play a two up front, you need a player who, like we, I know we've got John Jules who's injured, but a John Jules, a Chaplin, or a Broadhead who are players that want to get up and score goals, as opposed to want to try and sort of knit it together in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, Paul Paul Whitmore touching upon the uh, Danassian decision hats off to everyone who went last night why spend a million on a fullback and leave him out in favor of a guy you brought him in to replace maybe a little bit harsh on Danassian Craig but I suppose he has a point doesn't he yeah exactly that you know there aren't many many teams full stopper spending a million half quid on on both fullbacks let alone um let alone one of them um we did see him later on didn't we we'll come across it but he he went over onto the left and sort of cramped broadhead for space who was who'd come on a little bit before and was playing quite well. So, yeah, it's a, it a funny old match. When yesterday, there seemed to be a lot of strange decisions being made. And we'll, we'll talk about this sort of thing um, a little bit more at length at the end of this show, I suppose. But um, Mike the Fisherman says, four wins of 15 is somewhat shocking if this was Cook or Lambert. Fans would be calling for a change. So I'm going to ask you, Joe, why you think this is different under Kieran McKenna, if indeed you do. Well, I don't think Cook or Lambert had ever shown that they could win games, bar that, bar that period in the season at the start of our first year down where Lambert, where we did win those games, but we were winning a lot of those one nil, and generally it was like we're not playing very well in any of these games. We just we just seem to score a goal early and just shutting up shop and doing all right. Like I say, where it's four and fifteen, and that is an abysmal record. There's no getting away from that. Well, how many games have we lost in that period? Like two, and it's it's just turning these draws into wins, and it seems that. At the start of the run, we were we were drawing games because we were playing well and getting unlucky, a late goal, a deflection, this. But now, by the end of it, it's almost like we've forgotten how to win in this run. But it doesn't feel like... I don't know, when I see the players, I, I don't feel like any of them are chucking it in. They're all still trying. They're all there, but they've just lost that confidence. They've lost that mm. speed, that tempo to their game. And I think a lot of that comes from the sort of engine room in the middle of the pitch and just having... We, we've basically got one midfielder, haven't we, in Sam Morsey, who's a sort of senior guy at this level. Lee Evans came back into the side, but when he did, he wasn't, bar that Oxford game at home, he hasn't really looked himself. Cameron Humphreys is is struggling and we've got no one to take the load off him. And it does seem that we've made a mistake in this, in the January window with what we've left ourselves in, sort of available in central midfield. And I don't think any of that is unpredictable what has happened there. Luongo, a guy who's played 45 games in three and a half seasons, coming in and not being fit. Is that a surprise? Lee Evans, who's never played more than... 30 games in the season, picking up another long-term injury. I don't think that's a surprise. Ball, we already knew, was injured. Camera was... I don't know what's gone on with that signing there, but he's he's signed unfit. 
is still unfit. Doesn't yeah. look like he's going to play this season. It seems a strange one there. So I, I just think we've we've got ourselves into a bit of a muddle with the squad. And the sooner we get a Dominic Ball or a Massimo Luongo back and in this side, I think it's going to make a massive difference to us. And ultimately, we're still we're still fourth in the table. We're still going to get in the playoffs, and we've just got to make sure that we haven't won four of the last fifteen games going into the playoffs. We've won. 10 of the last 15 or nine of the last 15. So we actually go in there in a bit of form. Mm. Indeed. But d- despite all of that and lacking numbers and experience in, in central midfield, we should, Craig, have more than enough to get past this Bristol Rovers team, which had lost, what was it, five of their last five games? Um, they played this is they played a very defensive low block, 4-3-3 formation. But really it was a a number 10 playing in a false nine. And then yeah. Anderson and Sinclair trying to get up with him where possible. Um, uh, is it Kwansar at the back? He he was their man of the match. And I thought that Gordon, the left back, you spit Brentford, was decent as well. But yeah, come on, Craig. Like <laughs> We had more than enough in that team, didn't we? Yeah, we did to, to trample over Grant Ward. It was in uh, nice to see Grant Ward again in the flesh, wasn't it? Um, have about half a dozen touches during the course of ninety minutes. Um, mm. But yeah, he, even even then, he you know he wasn't um, you know we, we didn't take advantage of him in midfield. He wasn't Morsey didn't like beat the, him in that battle. No, no, none of our players won their battles really. Ladapo was up against their two centre-halves as you say, but I thought he was playing he played okay, didn't he? You know, he was trying his best at least, um, but I can't really think that many of the others really won their their individual battles sadly. Um, they, they seem to switch it but, around quite a bit between sort of four at the back and five at the back and that Anderson who was like a right forward at the start ended up being a right back, marking Davis, didn't he? But we just didn't really adjust to those in-game changes. No. Yeah, as about as you say, Mikey, it was just it was very deep, and but I don't, I'm not entirely sure why we should be surprised by that. You know, if we're naive enough to think that, you know, despite what Bristol Rovers have done was, in the last, it game, was always going to be that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly and, that. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't like the Cambridge game either. They didn't really start with huge amounts of intensity. They kind of grew in confidence as the as the game went on, didn't they? Um, as those dropped. Yeah, exactly, and we actually made. a fairly bright start. We had a corner down the left in just the second minute. Um, and Davis played one of the nice sort of short corners that the only ones that we seem to look dangerous from at the moment. Um, ball falls to Cameron Humphreys. He just makes sure he gets his head over the ball, gets a half decent shot in and it's saved by the goalkeeper and a little bit of bad luck that it sort of <laughs> jumps up in Burgess's face, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, then we don't really kick on from there. Um, and it's just another stodgy, first half on the road isn't it yeah it is it, it, um burgess is it burgess had it, it was difficult to tell from our we were right behind the goal and at quite a shallow um gradient should we say so getting the depth perception of what was going on in the other room is a little bit tricky sometimes but there was a there was a header from a corner i think it was or a freak and then that was pretty much it was that's all she wrote really for the for the first half there was certainly nothing happening down our end was it walton wasn't um being troubled particularly um but as you say it's just a stodgy slow um as we're used to nowadays in our away games unfortunately would but you have made a change well, at half time joe um i wouldn't but just the thing i was going to say there is the problem as well is that we we're slow and stodgy but we also commit a lot of men forward yeah. and we sort of just leave our defense sort of 
two on two. I mean, lucky that sort of Luke Wolfen and Cameron Burgess had good games last night because they they had a lot of sort of defending to do just as just as a pair against Collins and um, Coburn. It came on at the end, and it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a worry. Like on the break, they look quite dangerous, and it's like we've got all these men committed forward, but none of them are actually doing anything to try and help score a goal. It wasn't until someone like Broadhead came on that we actually committed men forward wasn't it and he actually tried to commit people in challenges but whilst I wouldn't have made a change at halftime it did seem like Harness just was off his game and Luco was yeah. just so deep that neither of those I thought around around the pitch we were playing okay but just in that centre of the pitch it was just it was just slowing it down like there were some decent balls over to Davis he was getting some okay crosses in sort of Burns and Dinashian combined a couple of times on the right hand side and we were, and we were doing okay Morsi and Humphreys were probably just on top in the first half, but went behind the second bit. It was just in that it was just a gape, gaping gap between where Morsi and Humphreys were sort of sitting deeper behind the ball and where Ladapo was with two defenders all over him like a rash. That it's just like you you, you need more from your tens there. You need them helping Ladapo. You need them either trying to commit players, draw fouls, beat players, getting getting between the lines. But they just well, Harness was trying to do it, but nothing was coming off from the Luco. Just seemed to get deeper and deeper. Yeah, Luco, sort of, kept, Luco was playing with his back to goal more often than not, wasn't he? Yeah. When he did get it. Yeah, well, we were sort of, we were sort of just playing. Well, Harness was wide, wasn't he? And Luco was playing very central, and obviously Burns was on the right. But you know, when Luco decides to drop, there is that whacking great hole. It's right in the middle of the pitch where the ball will just drop, won't it? If 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 there are scraps off Ladapo or scraps off of their centre halves, it's dropping to the hole, and there was nobody there to yeah. to pick it up, was there? You know. Aluko fought for how well he played um, at Burnley. I thought he was pretty poor last night, unfortunately. Yeah, wasn't his wasn't his best game by any stretch. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, going into the second half, no immediate changes. Uh, Ladapo hits an effort from just outside the box over the bar as as we come out looking like we're at least up for it in the second half. Broadhead and Edwards then come on for Aluko and Burns. Um, yeah, as we mentioned, Aluko never quite able to make it happen for us um burns again maybe not positive enough that Ivajo wasn't taking his man on no no he was just sort of getting across there and and like davis started to in the second half all it was was just trying to roll the ball back to morsey and mm. then it wasn't sort of hammered quickly back in from there it then just seemed to slow down at that point and sometimes it's like, i know we don't have enough men in the box but you've just got to whip it across, don't you, and get it, get it in the box more and try and try and hope something happens. And by sort of more luck than judgment, sometimes you just need to get it in there. But, you yeah. know, it seems sort of looking back at the season, it's just, I think since Harness picked up that injury, he hasn't been the same player since he's come back by that Oxford game. And John Jules has been injured since that sort of Ch- Charlton game, which seems to have changed the season. And we just, we've lost that player, I think, who plays in that 10 that, tries things in that position we've got a Luco's very safe with the ball Chaplin who likes to shoot and that's sort of about that's about all we've got there at the moment isn't it hopefully Broadhead Broadhead looks like he could be a player that makes a difference in that in a similar way to John Jules was but yeah how how, how, is he going to be able to play every game or is he going to struggle with injuries because it sounds like he's not up to speed yet yeah yeah worrying stuff in in the position of the the part of the pitch where we were sort of saying that we had a complete luxury of riches and it, it probably wasn't wasn't the night to play Caden Jackson either, was it, against that that low block, Craig? No, no, exactly that. Because a bit like Burns, they haven't really got, a, as as was said there by A, about uh, people taking their players on. They have, neither of them have got a trick in their, 
in their um, pocket, have they? It, it's it's either the ball's fed inside the fullback to chase onto, or they'll knock it past and basically try and beat someone for pace. There's the but as you know, there's there's two guys marking it. When Edwards come on, as soon as he got the ball, there were at least two of their players on him, weren't there straight away? Um, although you know he did his best, he he did take his uh, his fullback on a couple of times. Broadhead was the one that made the most. Um, difference I think um, in terms of driving forward but as I say un- until such time as Clark got on and sort of Clark just seemed to be always standing in the space where Broadhead was looking to um, looking to yeah. get into it was um, unnatural it was unnatural playing over on the left for Clark wasn't yeah. it yeah yeah and you could you could tell that couldn't you because and again everything's got to come back onto his right foot but just sort of going back to something that Joe was talking about about getting the crosses in there were a few times last night where we'd get across and he'd come back but then we just take a touch and a touch. And you think, just get the, just hit it first time. Just get the ball back in the box. Just keep that pressure on. That's something we were very good at, at the beginning of the season. Is just, you know, keeping the opposition pressed into their twenty yards away from their goal. You know, just keeping them in, keeping them in, sort of suffocating them with with pressure, really, and intensity. But we just let people breathe. Now we just step back off and we recycle it again and we recycle it again. We get everything set up, don't we? It goes back to the defenders or it goes back to Walton just to set everything again and. You see Morsey just telling everyone to calm down. Well, we don't need to be calming down. We need to be you know, speeding up. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Don't mm. keep setting it up. You know, there's yeah. so much trust in the process that it will it will eventually come that, that they seem but, really but, happy. Yeah, but to the, the process again. isn't what it what, what it was, was it? In when you no. talk about doing the right things, we, we've got that fi- we've got that fear in how we play now, and it's a it's too much safe percentage football in those passes. And when we're talking about pinning pinning those in, and You've got one of the perfect examples was against Bristol Rovers at home where we did that to them and we just went over and over and we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and kept the pace up and you see it a couple of times last night where you get a free kick and you, and you take the um, take the free kick so quickly just to keep the ball moving but then you're not you're not trying to cut them out there was one there was one bit of play down in front of the Ipswich fans where we're passing it around the six yard box and we've committed four men into the into the press effectively played it around them and. Glenn Wheeler on the commentary saying, oh, we've, we've committed four men on the press. Are we going to do anything there? And then all of a sudden, Danashian's got the ball and he slows down, turns back inside and we move it there. Mm-hmm. And then they've got 11 men back behind the ball. And it's like, if you're going to play the ball around in your own six-yard box, because that isn't easy and it's dangerous, mm-hmm. and you're going to take four people out of the game by doing it, you then need to exploit the fact four of their players are not in position, not yeah. not let them get back. So you've then got 11 players to go. And this, I don't know, that's what we seem to be doing too much at the moment. Mm. And and at times, because you mentioned Joe, how we're we're leaving so few players at the back. Um, Humphreys loses the ball on halfway, and Sinclair, a little bit wasteful, hits a tame shot um, straight at Walton. And yeah, it's Bristol Rovers that at this stage of the game, in the middle of the second half, he looked the most likely. We survive a real scare in the 68th minute, Joe. I guess it was the other end of the pitch to you, Craig, uh, where Walton drops a a chipped. I think it was a chipped shot. From from Collins, um, and it yeah, it was just Keystone under zero stage, pressure. He just drops it, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's lucky. I don't know how close it was to crossing the line because it was Wolfie sort of dived up to it and kicked it, and it went into the post in a way. And it's like that must have been inches if there was goal line technology on that. That that wouldn't have been far off going in because it's hard to tell whether Wolfie kicked it back onto the post or forward onto the post or straight onto the post. But that was just a, a simple. A, Dinked ball into the box, Walton just under no pressure at all, up and just 
drops his feet, spills yeah. it, and like I say I'm, he's, he's he's got away with a, a bit. He's, he's got away with one big time there, Walton, hasn't he? And he's he's yeah. not a player that's been playing particularly well again. Yeah, and at the, at the other end, a nice switch from Morsey ends with Broadhead twisting and turning, getting a decent shot away. I think we mentioned that it was Broadhead that was trying to make things happen. Then a triple sub, Clark, uh, who we mentioned, Chaplin and Hurst coming on. And that's after 75 minutes. Maybe a bit of a surprise not to see Chaplin come on earlier, Craig, with things not yeah. really working for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, and as Joe was saying about Broadhead and Chaplin being potentially your most likely number 10s to create or at least have a have a shot um but as, as you say mikey you know um once clark come on and played come on the left for davis um he just seemed to it was a it was unnatural and as, as i said he just seemed to clog up the space that broadhead wanted to um wanted to exploit um and then we just did then we didn't know who was taking corners when we got them which was another interesting um Another interesting thing that cropped up yesterday, wasn't it? Edwards was being told to take them from one side and um, I don't think we knew who was going to take them from the other, which is strange. Um, I think it's embarrassing, really. I know just sort of holding your words back there, but strange. We talk about the penalty at the weekend. We're talking about corners. This stuff should be sorted and the players should know exactly who's taking set pieces from which area. Like I know Broadhead scored that brilliant free kick at the weekend, but that's what I'm saying. None of us knew he could take a free kick, and he took that. And it's like, why? Why are we not working on this sort of stuff? Like for someone, for some stuff like it's so detailed the stuff we do, and the minions of, or the millions, I should say, of back backroom staff we have. It's like, surely somebody should be saying, "These are your penalty takers, one, two, three. These are your corners on that side, one, two, three. That side, one, two, three. Because Leif Davis doesn't often play ninety minutes, does he? He seems to go off with ten minutes left, and everyone was sort of looking around at each other, like, "Oh, who's taking this?" and Cameron Humphreys went across and took one short, and it's like, oh, come on, this is sort of basic stuff, really, isn't it? Mm. We do actually nearly score from one of those confusing corners, though, where um, I think it's played short by Clark to Edwards, and then Edwards tries to take on his man, loses it, but it falls to Clark, and Clark's quite uh, shows good feet, gets the byline, cuts it across. Uh, keeper keeper has to make a save for a change. Um, and then Hurst has a shot from a tight angle. Hurst didn't really... Bloody hell, mate. You're dealing with scraps here, Mikey. Yeah, really dealing with scraps. <laughs> keeper spills it behind. The keeper was taking ages with his kicks. And I know it's yeah. been a frustration throughout. Maybe the referee could have um, booked him earlier on and or booked him at all. And then maybe yeah. they wouldn't I've have got, been able I, to take I, this I, thing out of it quite so much. But I didn't, yeah. think they were that, I didn't think they were that bad last night in terms of that. They, obviously, we had a couple of guys drop to the floor with whatever injury they had. But... I didn't think the the goalkeeper's taking the piss too much, to be fair. You know, he wasn't exactly, you know, taking the ball from one side there or Trevor or anything like that. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we just got to score. You go into the lead, the teams won't do it. You know, I yeah. think we, we do have a problem, though, that whenever we gain a bit of momentum, two of their players sit down on the ground and the game totally stops and there. So it's almost like we're playing that more percentage football because it's almost everyone's scared of the ball going off the pitch because they know as soon as the ball goes off the pitch, when we pick up a bit of momentum, the life is just going to be sucked out of the game there. But again, it's something we've got to learn to deal with. But yeah. it is, I don't know, it, it is frustrating. So even watching it from here, like, come on, yeah, corner, let's go. And then all of a sudden it's, oh no, two of their players got cramp and we're going to sit here and four minutes later, the game's about to start and then 20 seconds after that, the sub's going to get made and it's a bit like, oh, come on, we sort of actually want to watch football here, not not that. But mm. I just think we need to be careful trying, trying to, you know, um, 
show ourselves as being some Corinthian outfit with you know with the good of football at heart in League One. Just get you just need to get out of the league. Just you know, deal with it. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, Michael Warner does bring up, though, what about the Bristol coach who kicked a second ball onto the pitch when we were taking a throw in? Yeah. Frustrating, but this is a Joey Barton team. That's the sort of thing you've got to ex- expect, and maybe the sort of thing that we would have been doing under Lambert when we were underdogs going into games. Yeah, um, yeah. We he did also. Br- he did also bring down a, a goal kick, didn't he? On, on the inside of his, I don't know if you saw from the from the side, Mikey, <laughs> but he brought it down under control, absolutely beautifully, straight out of a goal kick. I think from, uh, from the what side. Barton or a coach? No, the same guy that the kicked the uh, ball on the pitch. Yeah. Fair play. Um, five minutes of added time, Craig, and absolutely nothing happens. Full Never time does. is met with some booze um, and a little bit of aggro between Morsey and a fan. I think it's sort of been left behind now. Morsey tweeted an apology. He probably shouldn't, isn't a great look after a poor performance, but... Um, no, just read the room, isn't it? Really? Just go over, you know, applaud, take whatever grief you're getting, turn your back, get back to the change room and get on the bus, you know? Just, yeah, because there was old, a, there was a, a to know what to do, isn't he? decent sized section of our away fans who spend the whole time effing and blinding at the players, and I'm sure they were giving him a load of unnecessary and over the top stick. And I can see why people react, but like you said, you, you can't, can you? You just you've just got to mm. clap your hands, look miserable, walk off, go home. But I don't know. Sometimes the fans, like I said, they don't, they don't help things away from home. Some of it, no, yeah, I didn't think our Fans were particularly good last night, either. I know we keep selling out, but if you're gonna if you're gonna go and you're just gonna moan, then you're not really contributing much, in my opinion. Mm. But, there's um, there's a there's a big sense of entitlement, isn't there, in the fan base? But you know, expectations have been 
raised but by both by the you know by the club and the people within the club certain people within the club yeah. you can understand why the expectations are and you can sort of understand why the frustrations are probably multiplied as a result of it when things don't go particularly well yeah I, I, it's hard to say whether it's entitlement or expectation isn't it at the moment because mm. we've been we've been told this is what we've got we see the money we're spending we see the squad we've built and we should be doing better than we are. And it's, and yeah, the problem does come sometimes when there's a game, when you play well, you don't win it and people still kick off because they effectively just don't watch the game. They just look at the scoreboard at the end of the game and decide whether they're happy or not, or they mm. effing blind. But there is a real sort of negativity over the, over a big chunk of the fan base at the moment. And I'd say we're seeing it here and I don't know, the club, I'd say we're playing Forest Green at home on Saturday and, if we're sort of not winning after half an hour there, you can, you know what the atmosphere is going to be like if there's misplaced passes there. And it's going to take, it's going to take a turnaround from here, which is a Bloody shame. Toxic. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a shame because it's going to take sort of winning. If any game we lose from now on, you know what the reaction is going to be. And it's, yep. and it's hard to play in those conditions. Mm. Yeah. We need to be galvanized. Life's too short. Says we have to keep faith in McKenna. It's his first major wobble. He'll be astute enough to work this out. Our support base has been has neurotic tendencies and panics very quickly, and yeah, understandably so after the the last decade or so that we've had. Um, Although it just says though that he's astute enough to work it out. Well, I've been watching the same away performance for the last however many away performances on on the trot, seemingly. So he needs to start sorting out sooner or later. Okay. Um, Rich, going into this game, after five minutes of bombardment, do you guys think our heads dropped when this early goal didn't come? Do you think there was a lot, maybe too much of the pre-match talk in that dressing room, can we assume, was about, let's get this early goal and then we'll be fine. And then when it doesn't happen, maybe a little bit of panic sets in? Yeah, possibly. I think what what did happen... After the first five minutes, was sort of relating to what you were saying, there, Mikey. Was the crowd? It just seemed to suck the life out of the crowd, didn't it? Really, it was really a really half-hearted effort from the from the supporters. But you know, whether that was a case of seeing that those first two or three chances and then not going in and thinking, "Christ, here we go again," you could sort of see you could see very early doors what was going to happen for the subsequent 75, 80 minutes, really, couldn't you? So whether they could see it on the pitch as well, who knows? Hmm. I don't think it was a confidence thing, as Joe sort of says about them trusting the process. But you know, but I think they've got or did have a lot of um, trust in the way that they play, et cetera, et cetera. They think you know there will still be opportunities will arise if we keep playing this way. Um, but it's just not at the moment. No, um, if only they had a David Bergen to to galvanise them. He's um, <laughs> popped in with ten euros. Thanks very much, David. That. Maybe go towards um, Craig Petrol for last night, or or did he did he stop at any service stations? Or was it a, a on the way around on the way Cheveley, but only only for a, a quick wee. And on the way back, we divided around Cheveley, and we were, seemed to divert around every single service station on the way home. So no, I I um I had to stop in the lay by on the way back near a load of truckers and have a wee. <laughs> so Val- happy Valentine's Day to me. We watch and then. Um, <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I asked. I really am. Um, right, let's get back into some of these um, these comments. Uh, Leaf Davis. So this from Michael Warner. First full se- season for Davis. With all the running he does, he just looks like he has run out of pace. 
that's what was so good when Lee could come on in the 65th, 70th minute. Yeah, Clark coming in and having that extra defender, it's kind of put pay to um, Greg Lee being on the bench a little bit, hasn't it? And came Vincent Young, Joe, who I believe was on iFollow commentary last night. He was, yes. Um, but it's funny because there is a lot of rotation amongst the forward players in this squad, but it seems that sort of Leith Davis and Wes Burns, who are probably the two players to do the most running in the team, seem sort of immune from the yeah. rotation and even immune from being subbed off even as much compared to the other guys. It's only in recent weeks that Jackson's played really well in that Wes Burns role in the sort of cup games. that He's now been given a, a few more chances in the league and Burns has been coming off a bit early for him. But it does seem that we ask a hell of a lot of those two players because they are up and down the pitch all game. But yet, we seem to rotate the tens more and the strikers more. Someone like Ladapo maybe doesn't need to do as much running because he's playing with his back to goal a lot in a possession heavy team. But yet, sort of Davis and Davis does struggle with his condition, doesn't he? Towards the end of the game, he's he's yeah. never as effective in the last half hour as he is in the first hour, and he's been a sort of brilliant signing and probably our sort of most creative player, sort of in game set pieces and stuff. But I know it's it's strange how those how those two seem to play as many minutes as they do. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, would it, it wouldn't be a big surprise to see Greg Lee on, on Saturday perhaps. Um, but we were talking about that actually, Mikey on the, on the way home about, you know, what, as you always do for four hours to spare, what would you do? At the, <laughs> what would you do at the weekend sort of thing? And we, we, and we were sort of questioning whether, do you know what? And, and <clears throat> in relation to some of the questions that are coming or comments from John there about physicality and directness, you know, if you went with your, nominal fullbacks being Clark and Lee, it just adds a bit of, you know, robustness to your team, you know, just a bit more direct running, a bit more physicality. It just turns you into more of a League One team, if you like to be basic about it. But yeah, yeah as we all know, Greg Lee hasn't done anything at all to let anyone down at any point. Um, and he seems ideally suited to League One football, doesn't he? Yeah. And Davis, equally, a nice, a yeah. nice up to to have come yeah. on um, with his left but, foot. But it does seem that David, as soon as there's a cup game, Davis is nowhere near it. He's never travelling. He's not on mm. the bench for it because he's just obviously needs that rest. This is really his first full season of football and he's been asked yeah, to play a real, a real heavy a role on the legs, think. isn't it? And mm. I, I, like I said, I know people say, oh, everyone can play two games in a week. This, But he, he can't do that. But it's just that his effectiveness goes down when he does that. Yeah. And as, and as um, when Mick Mills says on, on Suffolk about the fact that <clears throat> Denassian's got Burns in front of him. Davis hasn't got anybody in front of him. Davis is doing that job as well as that job, isn't he? If you know what I mean, he's yeah. he's having to potentially cover a little bit more ground. Mm. Uh, there's been quite a good conversation about about midfield, the midfield um, in the chat. Rob says it was quite an open game for the whole ninety minutes. Centre mid looks a little gassed. Excuse the pun. Uh, Nick Will says Humphreys looks to be really struggling on Saturday and Tuesday. Can Aluko or even Wolfenden take Humphreys' um, place? And I think there was somebody else saying maybe Harry Clark could do it. Yeah, or, it's a bit like more. Or, has been yeah, up. actually, Paul Whitmore says maybe Burns could could fill in there. Not perfect, but mobile, strong, and aggressive. If we are looking for a, a square peg and a round hole, who who are you looking at, Joe? Um, I'd probably I'd probably say Harry Clark. Obviously, I've not seen him play there, but he's a 
but he's a player that's played right back, right wing back, left back, left wing back. Similar to Kane Vincent Young, that he's sort of a player that you feel you could drop anywhere on the pitch and he'd do okay. But with the added physicality that you probably need in that League One midfield at times. So I, I, I think I'd go with him. But ideally, Massimo Luongo is back fit. We keep hearing, oh, he's not quite ready. He's not quite there. And it's like, well, the, the club has gone from being very open with injuries at the start of the season to now being quite, um, not totally opaque, but it seems like they've sort of really sort of shut down a little bit the conversation other than they're not available for the next games, but we're hearing at the moment on that. But we just need to, I don't know, Sam Morsey's probably been our best player for the first half of the season and he's struggling at the moment. He's struggling to put two good halves together at the moment. And, and I don't know whether it's because he's playing with Cameron Humphreys and he feels he's got to sort of sit a little bit deeper and cover a little bit more and do that or whether he's just feeling the pace of it but he's going to have a or maybe because he knows he's got a two game suspension after one more booking that he's having to play with the handbrake on a little bit because he just knows as a club we, ca- we can't afford to not have him for two games with it mm. he's not he's not been the same player in the last sort of three or four games has he? he's been his standards are he's set himself the standards which are incredibly high and he's not and he's not hit those standards but there's like I said there could be a myriad of reasons for that but mm. so someone mentioned the comments is it sort of the Charlton away game where John Jules got injured. Has, have we been the same since then? And obviously yeah. the Charlton there, but that was Don Ball's last game, I think, as a, a available in the league. And mm. I think we've really missed Don Ball, who I think was a player that we signed to come in and sort of yeah. play every game. And just just having the option as yeah, well. Yeah, the option as well, yeah. yeah. Because we've, we've basically had Morsey and Evans playing every minute together. Evans getting injured. Morsey and Humphreys playing every minute together. Humph- um, Evans coming back fit Morsey and Evans playing every minute together yeah. Evans Ever getting injured again Charlton. and then Morsey yeah. and Humphreys playing every minute together there's there's not been any mm. chance where you can drop Don Ball in hum- for a couple Humphreys of games Humphreys on the whole has done has done really well it's a dif- difficult job that he's coming in he's doing he's only 19 mm. years old and we, and even last night he's, you still see he's a, a fantastic footballer but yeah it's a really difficult difficult apprenticeship that he's doing at the moment yeah. in they pick games where they want to drop you in and out of to to help you to help your development and yeah some of the some of the games he's playing are games where I just don't think like I say you like I say this is the hope that over the rest of the season that Luongo and Ball can get back to fit and can actually sort of change that midfield around and also as well in terms of his age he's and confidence he's you know going to be affected more by a, a drop in confidence around the team than the most do you Due to fact of his age and the experience in terms of numbers of games, so he he'll probably go into his shell more than more than others, which I think is also a, an issue. But it's quite interesting to, to know, as Joe was pointing out there, from a is it subconscious um, on Morsey's behalf that he's now sitting deeper, or has he been told to sit deeper to, to, to take care of Humphreys or do a bit of his running for him? Um, but there was they're pretty much playing side by side at the moment, are they? There isn't really. Humphreys isn't playing further forward by virtue of Morsey dropping deeper. They're both playing deeper, which is one of the issues we've got. Absolutely. And just a, just a question on pace here, Max FX. First half of the season, we got away with a lack of foot speed with quick ball movement. Now we seem to be taking an extra touch or two and look really slow. Do you think that that is partly because we're playing teams for the second time now, Craig, and they, and they kind of know how to play against us and, and they know that it, if they can slow us down, it's going to be difficult for us to to get to get into the positions that we want to be in. Yeah, it was probably that, and and also um, confidence as well, isn't it? You know, if you haven't got the confidence, then you're not going to be taking 
or hitting anything first time, you're going to want that second and third touch to give you that um, comfort that everything's under control and ready. Or and also, you probably don't want the crowd on your back if you do happen to happen to make a mistake or a misplaced pass. Um, but Max is exactly right there. That that's that's what it has been. Um, that has been our failing for the last six weeks, however long it's been. It's just the amount of touches that we have to take, and everything's so slow and pedestrian. It was it was being murmured around the crowd last night. Just do things. Just do things quicker. You're not people aren't asking you to pump the ball long or you know just whack it onto well, the summer. <laughs> well, summer, but but it just 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 add a bit of snap to the play you know that's what's that's what's missing um play, there, play the know. passes for the person to run onto rather than have to go and then take a step back to get yeah. the ball and you lose all momentum in the attack on it and it and the sort of central midfield has been a problem with that hasn't it yeah but obviously and, time, and yeah. but also, as you say Mike, it, it, there is an element of playing each other twice i've mentioned it three or four weeks ago it's like when teams go up to the premier league isn't it you know they when people play them the first time around they're a little bit um of a non non non-entity, I was going to say that, an unknown quantity. Um, but the second time around, they've been a little bit more sussed out. And, you know, it's been shown time and time again that um, there's a certain way to play against us. If you want to stifle us, just stick all your players behind the ball and keep it nice and narrow and fill the box and we'll, we'll struggle. Yeah. So, so I, I don't think it's about playing us the second time. I think it's what Craig said there, that there's a league-wide the teams now to play against us because we haven't worked out how to break through this. And yeah. like I, I watch Sheffield Wednesday and teams don't sit in against them. And it's probably because they've shown that they can break down that because they've, mm-hmm. they've got different, different ways of doing that. But mm-hmm. we have, we haven't shown that we can beat these teams yet. And if you're a, if you're a home, t- if you're a home team and you get a point against high flying Ipswich, then you take that every day, wouldn't you? Because if you come and try and do what Morecambe did and open up and play against us, we're going to take you to the cleaners, but no one's stupid enough to do that anymore because we haven't worked out, but because we haven't worked out to clear this yet, then we, we're not getting other hurdles to jump because we've shown for 10 games. We haven't been able to clear this one. Yeah. Hmm. Jamie Souza, such a talented squad, but can't help but feel we've brought too much for resale value rather than the qualities needed to get out of this division. Do you think that's fair, Joe? I think, I think it's probably fair, but I, I think I think it's if obviously we we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know how much the pension fund is willing to invest, how long term an investment they see, and and if and if it's going to be a case of. It's going to take a year longer to get out of League One, but we, when we get out, we're going to be stronger than we get to the Championship. Well, yeah, I, I can understand that approach, but we don't, we don't, we're not privy to any of that information. But when you look at Sheffield Wednesday, for example, would you want to be given Hickway and Smith three-year contracts on twelve grand a week when they've got no future value, sort of to come from that just to, just to get out of this league this time? And it seems that they've built themselves to get out of this league, and then they're going to have to set up again when they get to the Championship, which is fine, but. You're, you're signing you're signing players for big money on long contracts that have proven they can't play at the championship level previously. So, it's a it's a different way to go. I, I, I think the way we're going is the correct way to go, but it's just going to take some more skill from the manager and the squad to get out of it. And and well, we no, we noticed last year that all the signings we made in the summer were bigger players, more physical players than what we'd made in the previous year. And it'd be interesting to see if we don't go up this year, what sort of players McKenna looks at again. Mm. That was one of the main comments in the in the Telegram group was, and it was a good point actually, is that when Evans is out the team, you've suddenly lost a, a lot of height 
in the centre midfield, aren't you? Just in front of that back four to do a bit of yeah. mopping up and you know winning those headers that don't quite reach your your defensive mm-hmm. line. You've got Humphreys, <laughs> Humphreys and Moores in there standing each other's shoulders. Um, it's probably about the same height as, as Cameron Burgess. So, but then as Joe says, you know, Don Ball, he's a big old unit, isn't he? Kamara's is a is a decent size as well. So, by virtue of just having one of those two in your centre midfield, it again just adds uh, adds a bit of size and, and League One stature, shall we say, to your to your makeup. Indeed. Let's have a quick look at the the match stats from last night before we just forget about this game forever. Um, maybe you won't ever forget that journey though, Craig. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sixty six percent possession, twenty two shots. Um, I think it was seven on target, but really was it? Um, <laughs> we had ten, ten corners. Um, somehow an xG of two point five five, but. I'm guessing it's that might be... The footmob one was 1.18 against oh, okay. 0.65, which sounds more right. realistic. Yeah, 2.55 doesn't seem right to me, although we got close to the the goal a couple of times, didn't we, but in quite wide positions. So I don't know what mm. the XG would be like on that. But um, anyway, let's look at the the other results. Um, we're starting to look at different teams now, aren't we, when we, <laughs> when we look at these results. Um, so yeah, Wickham, um, they're coming for us now. 2-0 winners at Accrington, Bolton, 5-0 winners over Milton Keynes Stones. What we'd do for another 5-0 at home uh, on Saturday. Um, Cam- Cambridge are a good side, aren't they, Craig? 2-1 mm. defeat at home to Cheltenham. Derby dropped points, though, at home to Lincoln, at least. Um, Peterborough seems to be in a real sticky patch again. Lost away at Fleetwood. Uh, Plymouth, yeah, no fog. No foggy memories for them at Oxford. 3-1. 3-1 winners there. Not really our problem now, though, Plymouth, by the looks of it. Barnsley, Barnsley 3-1 winners at Port Vale. And, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday just getting the job done at home to Morecambe um, with a 3-0 victory. And that leaves the top eight looking like this. We're now <laughs> we dropped down to fourth. Look at, look at those draws, 12 draws. Mm. Top eight. Did we, I'm sure we used to just show the top three, didn't we? Now we're showing the yeah. top eight. But if, if, yeah. we win our, if we win our game in hand, we'll be back in third. Yeah, that is true. Um, what if Derby wins both their games in hand? Then as we're long back, as they win back. it by less than however many <laughs> goals will be there. Yeah, Wickham <laughs> going to be within four points of us if they win their game in hand and we don't win ours. But yeah. Um, but what yeah, about Forest? Oh, okay. Yeah, Forest Green on Saturday. Uh, Rich and Seb will be back with a, a pre-match show, which is a pre-record this time. Um, that will be live. Um, well, it won't be live, but it will be available on Friday morning. But the flagship show on Sunday night at eight o'clock, usual time, will be live. And that's Benjamin Bloom hosting with David Diamond and Rich on that one. Uh, let's dip back into some some more questions. Um Eric Clapton, the drop in form is huge. Why has it happened over so many games? Don't know. We've come, we've come up against a test that we haven't worked out how to yeah. beat, and and by not beating it, our confidence has got lower, and it's made it harder for us. And everyone's seen that we can't do it, so they they're keeping doing it. So we we're just being asked the same question, and we haven't found a way to answer it yet. And the thing is, as well, is we, we're, we're trying to answer it the same way. That's, that's the issue, isn't it? Is we're, we're trying the same answer each time and it's not working and we don't seem to be trying a different answer to answer the same question, if you know what I mean. It's, it's more of just 
we'll do we'll do the same, but with different players. Well, it hasn't worked. We'll just try the same again with more different players, or the different subs coming on and doing the same roles as guys that they've replaced. Charlie D says he doesn't remember twenty-two shots. Uh, our good friend Graham Blackburn of the Naked Footy Show I think he had about twenty-two shots last night. I believe he was out until two thirty, partying with the students. I believe, which is which was good to hear. Um, Michael Warner, do you think we maybe need to change the goalkeeper, not for the saves, although Walton hasn't really made many saves in recent weeks, but for his use of the ball? Um, it would be... It, that's the sort of decision that could split a dressing room, option. isn't it? It's a nuclear option, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it, hasn't been, it hasn't been great with the boys, but I don't, th- I don't think it's anything that's particularly, um, you know, Sean or... Shown as being a, a a problem, as as we were saying earlier about that time that we did, um, you know, basically Bolton had it in his own six yard box and we pl- and we played out. He's he's not so bad under under those under the sort of pressure. He stays pretty calm in those situations, doesn't he? David Bergen, heaven forbid, if we don't make the playoffs, do you think questions will be asked of the management team? We will make the playoffs. We will make but the yeah, playoffs. But yes, they will be asked. Yeah, <laughs> they have to be, don't they? You know, not not being funny. If you, if 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 McKenna and and the backroom staff don't get that squad into the top six of League One, then there will be ser- I'd imagine there'll be serious questions being asked. Kirk says his main criticism of McKenna and why he doesn't think we'll make the playoffs is we're too stat obsessed. I, I, I think that there's a lot of talk about no plan B, playing the same tactics, need to do this. But we, we do mix things up in games. Like, we, like I said, we were at Cambridge and we ended up with two up front, Harness playing in midfield, Morsey playing there. We, we change things, but ultimately you change things within the same personnel. And it's more just that what we've been doing differently hasn't worked as opposed to not having a plan B. It's just that the plan B hasn't worked and people don't like it because it's not put too big men up front and lump the ball to them. But when we did have two strikes on the pitch, we looked worse than we did when we had one strike on the pitch. It looked yeah. totally confused because no, no one knew what to be. Like I say he McKenna is trying to find ways to get over this, but ultimately the thing, the thing we're missing, which is the thing that he can't change is tempo. He can't, the tempo of the game needs to be faster. And, and I've seen it from Mick McCarthy on the sideline. I've seen it from Paul Lambert on the sideline. I've seen it from Paul Cook on the sideline. I've seen it from Kieran McKenna on the sideline. Standing there trying to G the players up, shout them to move the ball faster. But if the players don't do it, there's not there's not a huge amount you can do. It only, it only takes one person to slow the game down and the game's slowed and it's too late. And the managers pull their hair out. And it's, like I say, it's not a McKenna thing. It's it's every Ipswich manager you've seen. When the, when the defensive line's dropping and they stand there on the side saying, push up, push up, but ultimately once they cross the white line, the players have got their the players have got their decisions to make. A's just made a comment there with too many players who're not in their A game. Yeah, that's a problem. You can't no matter how good the team is and how good the squad is it, if you've got seven players playing at six out of ten standard, you're not you're not going to win games unless one of the other four is playing at a nine out of ten standard. And at the moment it's all sixes and sevens and we need to turn that into sevens and eights. And we need to like I say we need to up the tempo. We need to move the ball quicker. We need to take more risks and that's that's a mental thing for players, isn't it? It's not a it's not a coaching thing. There weren't too many sixes and sevens in Andy Warren's match ratings. Okay, five, fives and six maybe over the four, last four or three or five. Weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't read those yet. Uh, David Jones predicts Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth and Bolton. Two of those three will take first and second. He's going for Derby v Ipswich and Barnsley v Wickham in the playoffs. 
it's crucial that we we find some momentum from somewhere, even if we are going to well, yeah, if we are going to miss out on the top two, it's important that we end the season in decent form, isn't it? That's for sure because. Mm. Confidence is clearly a very important thing in this like dressing said, room. There's a long way to the end of the season, isn't it? We've, we've still got 15, 16 games left. There's still three months to go, effectively. We're, we're not going to be playing as badly as we are now at the end of the season. If, if Because if we are, the shit would have hit the fan before that point. We, we can't we can't play like this for another eight, nine, ten games, can we? If, if we do something would have had to have changed. So I say, when you, you look at the home teams we've got coming up, we're going to win the majority of the home games we've got left in reality. Our home form hasn't really suffered in this run. We're, we're still we're still beating teams at home. It's just we're drawing to Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday who are better than us, frankly. But we're not going to, we're not going to struggle to beat Forest Green at home. Accrington Stanley at home, Burton at home. We've got, all, we've got all those teams to come and we're going to, we're going to start winning games, but it's just, uh, it's just one. It's just one of those things at the moment that we we need to win some games to get the confidence up to play better. It seems, but we can't sort of win that catch twenty two. Indeed, Marius Carrick says on the plus side, I'm not as worried about a club from a high league pinch from McKenna as I used to be. That's the gallows humour. Um, um, I think last comment of the night. We'll try and finish on a positive note. Stephen Beals on Facebook says lots of anger and frustration around last night and today. We need to move on quickly and support the team we love as much as possible. Just got to hope we can turn this poor poor form around. Have you still got every faith that we will turn it around and against Forest Green on Saturday, Craig? Yes. Um, you, the thing is, you, you know, you know that behind the scenes that they will be doing everything they can, won't they, to turn it around? There's no reason why it shouldn't turn around. If if a team, I'm going to sound horribly demeaning, but if a team like Shrewsbury can string these amount of wins they have done together, and you know, start looking like a, a playoff um, team, um, certainly on on um, current form, then there's no reason to suggest why we can't. We just we just need to somehow persuade persuade the opposition not to sit deep and let us. Let us play the ball around a little bit uh, and score it. We just need an early goal, don't we? Early goal, take the pressure off. That, as you said earlier, Michael, that would be the worst thing at the weekend. If we haven't scored in the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes, yeah. um, everyone Crowd starts getting ed- it starts getting edgy. Then, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's it's up to us to a support those guys that are on the pitch doing it, but also they've got to give us some crumbs to to feed on. I think. Indeed. Any last words from you, Joe? I, th- I think it's just a case of just trying to keep keep behind the team, try and support the team in the stadium and help us to get to victories. But as I said, we've made these signings in January and we now need to give those guys a run in the team. I think they've, they've been signed in to push us on. Um, Harry Clark, you've, you've, got to, you've got to give him that run at right back. You've got to give Broadhead a run in the team. He looks like he's going to deserve it. And George Hurst, again, he's signed. He's someone we've chased for a long time. It's like you either sort of trust him to give him the minutes or you need to just back Freddie Ladapo. But I don't think starting one one game and starting one the next game is working. I think if you're going to, if you're going to rotate them, it needs to be, it needs to be off a sort of consistent starting base as opposed to a um, sort of changing base from there. And there's no reason why, is there, you know, because after the, we've got a week, haven't we? There are, there's a week between games for you know, the next two or three weeks, whatever it happens to be. So that's, we haven't, got to rotate because people can't manage two games in a week if you know or three games in a week indeed yeah keep the faith guys thank you very much for for tonight craig and joe um let's go and watch the the arsenal man city game the second half of that um 
yeah, thanks everyone for your for your questions, the live chat. I know that we're becoming a little bit divided, aren't we? But it was um, a pleasure to be with you um, on the podcast tonight. Please give us a thumbs up on on YouTube, a like if you can. Uh, that that does make a big difference. So yeah, moving on to Forest Green on Saturday. Let's get back to winning ways. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.